everybody, it's Jimmy Smith. Today on the MMA on SiriusXM podcast, I speak to Bellator bantamweight Danny Sabatello to discuss his upcoming finals matchup with Rafael Stotts at Bellator 289. And I catch up with PFL featherweight champion Brendan Lochnane to discuss his win at the PFL World Championships. Danny Sabatello joining us. I, I, I gotta, I'm going to hit you a little history. Um... When uh, Tommy Hearns, right, fought Marvin Hagler, they did a big press tour and they did all this stuff, country, you know, city to city. And Marvin Hagler said, look at that guy's face over and over, man. I just wanted to smash Tommy Hearns in the mouth. I couldn't wait to do it. You and Rafael Stotts, you have done some great promo work, man. You, the gamesmanship, you guys doing the back and forth thing every chance you get. Does it have that same effect or does it charge you up? What's the feeling of seeing somebody you're going to fight over and over again? Yeah, going into every single fucking fight, I want to beat the shit out of these guys no matter what. You know, when these guys go in the cage and they're a buddy-buddy with their opponent and they slap hands and they hug, I don't fucking get it. Every single time I go into a fight, I want to fucking murder these guys. They're trying to take away my goals and my dreams. They're trying to injure me on fucking Showtime. That's not going to happen. But with this fight specifically against Stotts, having to see him over and over and have him talking his trash back, and just really just being an absolutely different person than who I am, it makes me want to fucking murder him even more. Um, you know, none of this is really fake. None of this is for the fans to make it more exciting. This is kind of just who I am. And the good thing is I actually think that Rafian does hate me, which is good. You know, I have them responding. He doesn't really do this against guys in his other fights. So I think I'm already winning the mental warfare battle. Uh, th that was a question I was going to ask you about that, where I, I know it's just you. You know, you, you're a talker, man. I've, I've interviewed you before fights. <laughs> you're always the same guy. I can tell people that, that even when cameras aren't on, you're kind of the same dude. But your opponent's reaction to that, is, is that part of the gamesmanship? Is that round one of the fight to you? Yep, 100%. You know, I really believe in mental warfare. Not only is the trash talking fun to me, which it is. I, I talk trash during anything. No matter what we do, I'm going to be talking trash just because it's sheer fun to me. But I also really do believe in mental warfare. I believe in getting these guys' heads, especially in a fight like MMA, when the risks are so high, you could get very easily hurt, very badly hurt. You could die in there. There's a lot of fucking pressure and a lot of thoughts go through your mind with this shit. If you compile it with somebody getting in your head before the fight, man, you're going to fight a different fight than you really want to. And that's my goal. You know, going into these fights, I want these guys to fight a way different fucking fight than they're used to. I want to get them out of their comfort zone. I want this to be foreign territory to them. And I really think that Rafael Stas is in foreign territory right now. You know, with my last fight against Tigo, after I beat the shit out of him, I had my middle finger in Stotts' face in that cage for about five seconds, and he didn't do shit. He was completely stunned. And right then and there, I already knew I had the upper hand on this mental warfare stuff. I already knew I was going to be in his head. And right now, I have him talking shit, and he doesn't usually talk shit to his opponents. So right now, I think he's in fucking foreign waters. Now, getting ready for this, and you're taking on Rafael Stotts December 9th. You fought Jornel Lugo in April. You fought Leandro Higo in June. The preparation, this this tournament style. Now, you were a wrestler. You were a state champion uh, once or twice in Illinois? Twice, yep. Right. So, so how do you – is it like wrestling where it's man, match after tournament after tournament after tournament? It keeps you sharp or does it wear you down? Talk about the schedule leading up to this fight. How has it been? Yeah, honestly, if it were up to me, I would fight sooner. You know, I don't really take too many hits in my fights. I fight very smart. And luckily, I've been so much better than my fucking opponents where I don't take too much damage. So if it were up to me, I would fight every fucking month. You know, we've had about five, six months between my last fight and this fight. 
And the good thing is I kind of just am somewhat new to MMA. I got in it maybe four-ish years ago. I'm 29 years old right now. And the good thing is I think we're going to see a huge jump in my ability and MMA um, fighting skills. You know, with six months at the best gym in the world down in American Top Team in South Florida, you're going to see a huge jump between my last fight and this fight. Um, obviously, I have been very dominant in my other fights, but even so with this one, you're going to see my striking a lot better. You're going to see my grappling a lot better. Um, again, when you really grow up wrestling and you have wrestling matches your whole life, it's a little bit different with fighting because there is this long layoff. You know, I talk about not fighting for five months at a time and the other fighters are like, holy shit, I only fought once this year. But I think wrestlers are a little bit different. We love to compete. We actually love going out there and testing ourselves. So I wish this fight was actually a little sooner. I wish it was in Chicago last month. Um, but you know what? It just has given me more time to produce my grappling and, and get better on my striking. So I'm not really complaining. It is what it is. I've gotten so much better and we're going to see it December 9th at the Mohegan Sun. So, you know, one of the things about the last three fights you've had in Bellator, um, a five-rounder last time against Leandro Higo, three-rounder before that, three-rounder against Brett Johns, uh, a lot of cage time. You, you, you talk about, I'm kind of new to this sport, but you've gotten so much cage time in this Bellator tournament. How has that helped your, your win? How has that helped your mentality? What's it been like accumulating all of those minutes and all those rounds in Bellator? Yeah, cage time is huge. I don't care what anybody says. Experience really does fucking matter. You can be the best guy at fucking practice or at the gym, but none of that shit matters until you're actually tested under the spotlight after you went through a fucking fight week, after you went through a weight cut and you are in the cage under the lights. Um, So it's obviously been very good to get that experience. You know, one thing that I did love about my last fight with Higo is that he had my back in that second round for about that whole fucking round. And I had to face that adversity. You know, I really never tasted too much adversity in that cage until that moment. And I love how I responded. You know, I've been pretty dominant so far. So it was good to have somebody on my back with the high level jujitsu skills like Higo did. And I love how I came back that next round and the rounds after that and just straight up dominated him. You know, the good thing is when I was in trouble in that fight, I kept my composure and I was just very smart, very technical, didn't really give him anything. So that's really given me a confidence boost with this fight. If I am ever in trouble, which I don't really see myself being in, you know, if he does catch me with an overhand left or something like that and I get stunned, I do know, hey, you know what? Calm down. I've fucking been here before. Keep your composure. Just come back and win. You know, the good thing with this fight is I see myself so much better than him. If this does go to a decision or it does go five rounds, I'm going to fucking win the fight. It will take him a finish to beat me. So as long as I'm not fucking stupid in there and I use my experience in the cage, you know, if I get rattled, just stay smart, be cool, come back and take his fucking head off that next round or later in the round, then I then I got this fight in the bag. But again, I just got to fight smart, push the pace, and I'll fucking have this W easily. Speaking of Danny Sabatello, of course, the Italian gangster taking on Rafael Stotts. That's December 9th. Um, that's in Uncasville, Connecticut, Mohican Sun. So what does Rafael bring that you're, you know, as you talk about, it, the, the ground game of Leonardo Higo is really excellent. Had your trouble that second round. But a lot of that fight on the ground and you dominated. What does Rafael Stotts bring that maybe your last couple opponents in this tournament haven't brought? Yeah, that's what's so exciting is that I really don't see anything in his game that I should be too worried about. Obviously, this is mixed martial arts and your lights can be put out like that. You know, this is a, such a nuts game. You leave one little opening and the fight could end. So obviously, I'm not ruling anything like that out. People can get lucky in there. You know, I could drop my hands for a split second. 
Um, obviously, he can't finish me at any second, but uh, there's nothing that I see him having an expert um, ability in. Um, I know he is southpaw, so that does make it a little bit more tricky. Everything's backwards with your defense, but other than that, I don't really see anything. You know, obviously, everybody knows styles make fights, and the good thing is with this one, he considers himself a grappler, and my grappling is just so much better than him. And also, with this fight, I can open up more on the ground. You know, that last fight against Tigo, I obviously couldn't open up too much because he's waiting for me to make one little mistake, and then he cinches up my neck. With this fight, I can open up because Stas doesn't really have any finishing capabilities on the ground. He doesn't have crazy jujitsu or anything like that. So I think I can posture up, cut him up with some fucking elbows, and get him out of there, hopefully, in that fourth round. But again, maybe there's something I'm missing. I, I've seen a bunch of his fights over and over repeatedly. I've sat down with all of my coaches and we've watched his fights and there's really nothing there that we should be too worried about. We should just be worried about being Danny Sabatello. And if we ever do get in a little bit of trouble, just being smart. But I, I don't see how this guy can fucking beat me other than him getting lucky. Uh, is there that moment? And, and a lot of grapplers have this moment, be it in jujitsu or being in, in wrestling. The way I teach it is I go, most high level guys give up. They're rarely caught by something they didn't see before, right? It's rarely like, I never saw that armbar before. It was, oh, God, I'm sick of this guy's pressure, and you make a mistake because you just you mentally kind of break. Is that something you see in most of your opponents, and are you going to look for it in this fight? Do you see that mental breaking point being reached in this fight? Yep, absolutely. Not only do I think that I have the greatest pace in MMA, which people, once their conditioning goes down, they are a such a different fighter. Um, but again, I, I contribute that to the mental warfare. You know, when you have somebody in your head and in your face for months at a time playing mental games with you, and then you get in that cage, and then you're tired physically, it's just too much for people to handle, you know, especially under the lights and in the cage, and you have all that pressure. I think people do break, and that's my goal in each fight is to break these guys. You know, I think my best attribute is my conditioning, which is a phenomenal attribute to have in MMA. So I do think with this fight specifically, I think I will break him. I, I'm in his head already mentally. I just need to physically break him. Um, and once I push the pressure and, and I push the pace, I, I do think that he is going to just be mentally like, holy fuck, man, you know what? I might be in a little bit over my head. I'm getting beat up right now. And then they usually go for broke. You know, he's going to be going for a lot of fucking finishes. Once he's really tired and broken, he's going to be going for head kicks and overhand lefts and crazy submissions. And that's when I think the my finish will come. Uh, but again, I got to fight smart, fight hard, push the pace, make it exciting for a few rounds, and then break him. Uh, speaking, of course, of Danny Sabatello taking on Rafion Stotts in Bellator December 9th. I talked to Dan Lambert, right, owner at ATT. We're talking, it was the Jorge Masvidal, Colby Covington fight. Now, Colby Covington, of course, left American Top Team, went to MMA Masters a little further north. So Dan had every reason to trash Colby Covington. He did. He left and all that stuff, was trashing ATT. But he said, he goes, some people hit hard, some people are super fast. That dude has a third lung. There's just, it's just he has a God-given cardio. It's just, you know, does he work out hard than everybody else? Not really. He's just he's just a freak and has that. What's your thought about that? You talk about your cardio. You talk about your ability to go, 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 go. Is it years of wrestling like a Colby Covington, or is it just a God-given thing certain people have? Tell me about that. Yeah, I just think it's a mixture of a bunch of things. You know, one thing that I always say, and I'll always give advice to younger fighters whenever they're asking me about stuff, is cut the fucking bullshit conditioning and lifting programs and actually get in there and do the practices, whether it's a wrestling class 
or a Muay Thai or boxing or kickboxing. You know, I go into the gym and it's funny and I see these guys throwing a fucking ball at the wall instead of actually going through these fucking MMA classes. And it just boggles my mind. The only way to simulate fighting is to actually fight. You know, I don't do this is actually crazy and, and people don't believe me. I don't do any lifting or conditioning. I don't lift weights. I probably haven't lifted weights in probably like four or five years ever since I was back at Purdue in college. Um, and I don't really do any conditioning stuff, but I spar all the fucking time. I spar hard. I never miss a wrestling or kickboxing class. I'm always going hard in all of my fucking classes. You know, I don't like simulating the act of fighting. I don't like I don't like picking up a dumbbell and imagining that I'm in a fight. I would rather pick up a fucking human body and imagine that I'm in a fight. I think fighters really lose their head when they're doing this lifting and conditioning fucking bullshit. Um, obviously, I, I don't like to talk about that too much because that's one of my secrets to my conditioning. Um, <laughs> right. But also, I do think it is God-given. You know, we, we also have these genetics, and I, I do think that that plays a part in it. Um, but, but also, I'm able to keep myself calm in situations I think a lot of people, once they get a little bit of tired or have this situation or scenario mm. in the fight, they go for broke or they freak out or they tense up and they just forget to breathe. One thing I am good at is being calm. And once you're calm and cold blooded killer, your blood pressure doesn't change. You know, you don't spike your insulin or anything like that. I'm very good at keeping calm. So again, with the practices and my preparation, I go hard as much as possible, and I go hard during fighting exercises, not some bullshit dumbbells, bench, squat, anything like that, uh, going on an airdyne. Go hard and fucking practice. It's not the easy thing to do. I know people like to look pretty and lift these fucking weights and dumbbells, but that's average people pussy shit. Go lift a fucking human body. What are your thoughts? I'm going to ask you about somebody who said he's coming down to 135. He's a champion Bellator at 145, Patricio Pitbull. And I'm telling you, having called a lot of his fights, in fights where he was losing and getting beat up, I swear to you, Danny, I never saw that. And I was looking for it. Like, oh, man, is he breaking? Never. The dude is just mentally strong. And I remember him coming back in fights where I was like, Jesus. He just never thought. Like, If you asked his brain, the deep part of his brain, right in the back, right, that lizard animal part of us, that is fight or flight, are you going to win? It would have always said yes. And I never saw him break. Is that a hard thing to do? Is it a hard thing to see? I'm very curious about that. When you see that in somebody and go, God, they, if you ask them, are you going to win? They'll always say yes. What do you think of that? Yeah, that's just the type of personality, though. That That's with anything. You know, if you have a guy like that, he's probably a gangster on the street as well. That's a select few amount of people. You know, that's something that you can't teach. There's a couple of things in this game you can't teach. And having that dog mentality, having that absolute confidence that you're going to win no matter what is happening and able to calm yourself down. You know, conditioning is huge in this game. If you're losing a fight and it's towards the later ends of the rounds, you will still be able to say, you know what? I can fucking break this guy. I can come back with this. If you're dog tired and you think the only way you win is just a massive finish that does something to you mentally. And that usually does not work out for you. Um, I hope that guy does come down to 135. I think it's a great matchup for me. Um, I know he hits hard and he's big, but he's kind of short. Uh, I think he realizes what I did to his teammate. Higo. I would do the exact same to him. Uh, but you know, I'd have to see it. I, I think he's fighting uh, in that fucking Ryzen thing. Yeah, the Ryzen versus Bellator. Bellator yeah, is he fighting at thirty-five or forty-five in that? Forty-five in that one. Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't gone down to thirty-five. He's talked about it, but as you said, he's short, but he is wide as a. 
freaking bus, man. Yeah. Yep. He, he definitely hits hard, but if you have good defense and you keep that intact, you can obviously see all his punches. You know, the good thing about short stocky guys is they like to throw a lot of hooks and you can see a lot of hooks as opposed to straight punches. So if I kept my distance and my length with him, I see it no problem. But obviously, you know what? I don't want to give too much recognition about somebody about these what ifs. And if they drop weight, a lot of time fighters talk about dropping weight or going up a weight and it never really happens. You know, it proved to me that you're actually going to make the weight and have it happen. And then I'll fucking waste my breath on it. But until that, these are a bunch of what ifs. I think that would be an absolute mega fight. If I was the champion at 135, he's the champion at whatever division he fucking fights. And I don't even know. I don't watch his fights. But it would be an absolute mega fight because I know he's a big name and I know he's accomplished a lot in this sport. But again, until then, let's see it. Danny, always a pleasure. Danny Sab- Sabatello taking on Rafion Stotts December 9th, Uncasville, Connecticut, Mohegan Sun. Best of luck with your training, man. Yep, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. Brendan Lochnane winning the 2022 PFL season at the expense of Bubba Jenkins. And what I got to say was fight of the night. Incredibly entertaining throughout. He's joining us right now. How you doing, Brendan? Hey, great to see you guys. Love the energy. Hey, dude, it's, it's what I bring every time, my man. But I got to ask you, uh, we just did a little segment on what's cheating and what's kind of gamesmanship, right? Gamesmanship is within the bounds of the rules, getting away with a little something, a little gamesmanship, a little mental advantage. Early in the fight, it seemed like Bubba, you guys were both landing punches. He was talking to you, right? He was doing a little kind of like like doing a little fun back and forth. When you'd miss a punch, he'd kind of wave his finger at you. What'd you think of those early exchanges in the fight? Is it fun to you? Did it amp you up? What'd you think about it? Uh, need you to unmute, man. <laughs> I'm on mute. There you go. Now I can hear you, bud. Um, yeah, it was probably the first time it's ever happened like that, and in such an intense moment, um, he started talking, and then I started talking, and then I enjoyed it. Like I was like, "Oh yeah," and he was like, "You went, oh that one got you," and then I'd hurt him, and then he and I'd say, "Oh that one got you," and then a noticeable moment he switched stance from southpaw to orthodox because his leg was hurting so much. And then I kicked his other leg and I pointed at it and said, you better start checking them because they're going to hurt. <laughs> so was that the kind of fight you expected? You're looking at a guy in Bubba Jenkins, national champion wrestler. has been wrestling since he was a little kid. And you were able to negate the takedown early. And this was pretty much a kickboxing match in MMA gloves. Did that kind of outcome surprise you a little bit? Uh, a little bit. I mean, like... Frank Hickman was my wrestling coach for this fight. Great guy. And uh, I was working with a lot of wrestlers. I just wasn't getting taken down. Inspiring. And I was firing high-level Dagestanis and Russian wrestlers. And they just couldn't get me down. And then when we're drilling stuff to get up off the floor and stuff off my back, I didn't want to be rude to my coaches. But I was like, he ain't going to take me down. But I didn't say it. I just drilled it anyway. But I really believed that he was going to have a big problem taking me down. And I proved it on the night. 
You know, it's funny because I, I know Bubba well. I call his fights in Bellator. I've had him on this show before. And one of the things about about Bubba that, that kind of surprised me during the fight itself is he fought, I, I would say midway through round three, I thought Bubba can't win a decision here. It's If, if he doesn't knock Brendan out, he's going to have a big problem. And yet the entire time, even after round three, he seemed to believe he could win a, 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 a win on points in a striking match. He never kind of sold out and went, all right, it, it, it's time to go, man. I got to finish this guy. He never seemed to make that decision. Did that kind of surprise you? It surprised me. Um, I think a lot of people that fight me and spar me, uh, when I speak to them at the end of it, they're like, it's like you're there, but you're not. I've got like a real unorthodox intricate style that I've kind of developed through 16 years of doing this thing. It's like I've got incredible takedown defense, a gas tank that can go all day, heart, tenacity, and a real English style of boxing with the odd tricky kick thrown in there. So it's like he was really struggling to figure out the puzzle of Brendan Lockney because he was like, I can't take you down. I'm trying to have a boxing match, but I can't really hit you. And now I'm trying to like have a kickboxing match, but I'm getting kicked from Southpaw and Orthodox. And then I was I was going early on the leg, and I was very, very, very surprised he made it to the fourth round with some of the shots I was hitting him with. So fair play to Bubba. And then when I spoke to him after the fight, he said, Brendan, it was a million dollars. That's why I lasted as long as I did. And I was like, fair enough. So how much of a motivator, a motivator was that for you where – your 2022, brother, when I look at your schedule, you fought April, June, August, November. In a sport where two a year is normal, three a year is a lot, you fought four times. Was it the million bucks that kept you going, man? Your body's got to be hurting right now, man. It's actually not hurting. That's what the weirdest thing is. I really believe I was just destined and designed to do this shit. Like, I'm a proper warrior. I mean, look at my record. I'm 26 and 4, 14 KOs. All my three of my four losses are split decisions. Like, when I say I'm one of the best 145ers on the planet, I genuinely mean it. And uh, I'm out there to prove it now to anyone. Uh, Brendan Lochnane, of course, champion 2022 season for PFL. What does going through something like that, that successful season, getting that million bucks, winning four fights in a year, what does it do for your confidence? Or does, does it just validate your confidence, man, of, of what you think about yourself? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, and I'm also happy that I got I got to beat the three other semi-finalists as well. I beat Kudo, I beat Wade, and I beat Bubba. So not only did I win it, I beat the best guys. And that's what I wanted to do. I didn't ever want to get to the end of PFL and have any what-ifs. Oh, but he, he didn't fight this guy, he didn't fight that guy. And I'm glad I got to fight the best guys all the way. It was a real, real test of mental fortitude. Like you say, four fights, seven months. It's the hardest belt in sport to win because of what you have to go through to get it. Uh, I genuinely believe that. Like, It's his own entity to turn around fights in six weeks. Everybody that's in there is injured. We're all going through stuff uh, mentally, physically. And uh, I'm so happy that I did it. It was my second season. And uh, if I told you I was looking forward to next season, I'd be lying because it's that hard. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I believe you, man. I don't want to think about it. About the show itself, of course, this was PFL's foray into pay-per-view. Big show. I watched it. Madison Square Garden. Um, what, seven fights on air, if I remember correctly. What was the energy like that night with everything on the line, man? Incredible. Incredible. But the weirdest thing about it was, like, I actually didn't feel any pressure. I thought I was going to go in there and freeze up a little and be like, oh, 
be tentative because of what was on the line. Like the loser and the winner's purse differential was absolutely out of this world. So you think that would force you to fight stiff and be like, oh, fuck. But it didn't. I just let it all go, believed in myself, enjoyed the crowd, enjoyed the moment, was talking shit mid-fight. Like, I just so was in the moment that, yeah, it was it was a fantastic experience and it will live with me forever. And, and, and that idea of fighting to win, not fighting not to lose, is that something you've, you've experienced before? Is that a, 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 a trap you see a lot of fighters falling into where they fight not to lose and they end up just too stiff, man? Yeah, I, I, the one thing I didn't want to happen was that that exact thing. I didn't want to go in there and be like, have my guard up, go to throw a punch and think, no, it's a million dollars, don't throw that punch or don't go for that takedown because if you miss it, you're not going to win the million dollars. And I just wanted to eradicate the million dollars out of my mind for 25 minutes and think, just fight this guy. Fight this guy how you know how, how you know best. Let it all flow and give give it your all. And that's what I did. And I'm so proud of myself. What do you think? And, of course, speaking to Brendan Lochnay, and, of course, uh, 2022 season winner in PFL, 145 pounds. Like I said, fight of the night, I thought. So well, how does it feel to not just win the million dollars and win the season, but have the performance on the night of the night on such a, a, a big stage? How did that feel? Just like it was insane, especially like I woke up the next morning and I looked across at the other bed and I seen the belt and the check and I had to kind of pinch myself. Like I actually woke up and thought I dreamt all of that happening. Like it still feels like that a bit. It really does. So still sinking in, you know, it's still only been a few days, um, but I'm loving every second of it. So the 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 Olivia Olivier Alba Mercier, who was the champ at 155 pounds, he said in the UFC I kind of felt like a number. I felt like kind of like a cog in the machine, you know. I, I had a good time, but I felt a little bit, you know, I was just another fighter here. He goes, I've been able to stand out in PFL. I've been able to like really come out as a fighter and come out as an entertainer. What's your experience like in PFL, and and what do you think the misconception is for a lot of fans and fighters about PFL, man? It's fantastic. I love fighting for him. I've been there since 2019. They picked me up straight after the Contender Series, after all that shit went down. And they really believed in me. And um, they believed in my skills and my ability, my ability to talk on camera. And they really put a lot of effort into marketing me. Um, and now I'm 8 and 1 in PFL. I have one loss. It's a split decision to the former champion. Um, so I look forward to running it back with him at some point. But I love fighting for him. But it's really, really not for the faint-hearted. Like anyone, if you want to start moaning about you've got a sore finger, I'm not fighting, or, you know, uh, the weight cut, or you get you get big in between fights, and you have to be incredibly disciplined mentally and physically. It's the hardest thing I've ever done, but it's the best thing I've ever done. You know, it's funny. Um, I had Anthony Pettis uh, on the show, and he talked about I wasn't ready for this fighting every month, making weight every month. Certain fighters go, man, this this is terrible. Other fighters go, it keeps me in the gym. It keeps me focused and disciplined, and it's good for me in a sense. Where do you fall on that spectrum? What kind of fighter does well with this schedule? What kind doesn't? That's a great question. That's a great question. Because... All I ask are great questions, bro. That's what I do. No, that is a really good question, <laughs> the way you just broke that down, because I really don't think it suits 90% of fighters. A lot of people like talking about being fighters, but when it's time to actually fight four times in seven months, good luck. Like, and not only are you fighting four times, you're fighting world-class guys back to back to back to back. There's no cans. There's no gimme fights. It's like, yeah, you have to be ready for this format. You have to prepare your body. You have to turn it into iron. 
and you have to be prepared. Like, I went into the first fight very injured. I told my MCL, grade two, got told I shouldn't fight, did it anyway, managed to find a win, don't know how. Um, I went into all the others with all kinds of things going on, but you've really got to bite your gum shield and think how bad do you want this. And now I've got some time off in between. I can really let everything settle. Is there a sense of vindication? You won on the Contender Series. A lot of people, myself included, thought you deserved a contract after that performance. You didn't get one. You go to PFL. Now you got a million dollars and you're the, 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 the season winner. Is there a sense of vindication of I told you how good I was? Is there a sense of that? Well, yeah, the whole Contender Series was a crazy ride because not only did I not get a contract, they then signed the guy that I beat comfortably like a month later. Like, so it was like, well, what did I do so wrong that you actually signed a guy I beat? Um, and then he doubled down and was like, no, I definitely don't want him. And if I'm wrong, somebody else go and sign him. And I've done nothing but put on exciting fights my whole career. Um, and I went into Ariel's studio yesterday or the day before and he put on a, a thing saying justice and a picture of me with the belt and the check. I think it is justice. I'm getting my due rewards out of the sport for the hard work and dedication that I put into it. And, uh, I feel like I'm just getting into my prime at 32, nearly 33 years old. So who knows what's next? Do you feel like that was a crossroads in your career and this PFL path is working out for you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, what would I be on in the UFC now? Maybe I would have got to 40-40 by now, 50-50. Maybe I would have got a few bonuses. But I do believe with my style, I would have had, you know, bonuses and I would have been a fan favorite anyway. So, you know, it's just life. This is the way it all panned out, and I couldn't be happier with it. Dude, great performance, I got to say, Brendan, against my man Bubba Jenkins. Love the guy, but you had a great performance, a great finish, great knockout, great season, man. Enjoy your time off before the 2023 season, bud. Thanks, Jimmy Smith. Legend. Appreciate that, man. Brendan Lochnane, PFL, featherweight season champion. Great stuff. MMA on SiriusXM is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Plus, catch Unlocking the Cage weekdays from 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern and MMA Today Tuesday to Thursday from 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, Channel 156, and on the SXM app. Serious XM Podcasts.